Hi, welcome to another edition of the Guide to the Night Sky by Pack. In the March edition, we'll guide you through the night sky, the various constellations and stars visible for the month of March. You can use this guide around 8 p.m. each night for this month and the best time to watch the sky this month is before the 16th of March as there will be no moonlight to obstruct your view. So let's begin. This month at 8 p.m. in the evening, if you look up right above your head, you will see three bright stars. You'll notice that one of those bright stars belongs to Orion and it's the star Betelgeuse that we've discussed. So the westward bright star that you see right above your head right now is Betelgeuse from Orion and that's also known as Ardra Nakshatra which we've discussed in the previous videos. We've discussed Orion in detail. So we'll move on further and towards the south among these three stars that you see is Sirius. Sirius is the brightest star in the night sky and you'll see that Sirius is part of Canis Major, the dog. So there's a small dog following the hunter in the night sky and again, we've discussed this in the previous video, you can make out the dog very clearly with Sirius acting like the head or the eye of the dog. What about the next star? You'll see that there's another star towards the east forming an equilateral triangle, one in the east, one in the west and one in the south. These three stars are called as the winter triangle as these Three stars or the asterism winter triangle reaches zenith at midnight in winter nights. So the other star forming the triangle among the three is Procyon. Procyon is the brightest star of the constellation Canis Minor and it is also known as Lubdakabandho in the Indian culture. So once you've noticed the three stars forming an equilateral triangle, you'll find that in this region there are a few more bright stars that are, that are shining right now and we have discussed most of these stars in the previous video. Like in the south, you see the brightest star right now, that's Canopus, just below Sirius. In fact, it's right between Sirius and the southern horizon right now and Canopus is also called Agastya in the Indian system and it is the second brightest star in the night sky, uh, located around 309 light years. Towards the west, we don't have any new constellations there. We have discussed Taurus constellation from which Aldebaran is shining brightly right now. Behind it you have Orion which we have discussed earlier. Towards the north of Orion you have got the 5 star pentagon called Auriga. You can see Kapila shining very brightly from that constellation. Kapila was also called uh, Brahmaradeya, we have introduced it previously. Right next to Auriga towards the northwest you will see the V or new shape in the sky which is Perseus. If you look for Cassiopeia this month. Uh, we've been introducing her for the past few videos. Cassiopeia has moved very close to the horizon this month and depending on your location, you might not be able to uh, locate all the five stars of Cassiopeia. So, what's new this month? You'll see that most of these stars that we've discussed lie in the western side of the sky this month and towards the east, the sky looks quite empty. So, between these bright stars and towards the eastern horizon, you'll not find many bright stars shining this month. If you really look hard, you'll notice that just towards the east of Procyon, you'll find a group of four or five stars that are shining brightly, which is the head of the constellation Hydra, the snake, and just towards the north of this group of five stars is the constellation Cancer. But again, it's very hard to notice, so we'll skip that for this month. This month, from all the stars that we've introduced you, most of these stars belong to the 25 or the 20 brightest star in the night sky. 
like we've discussed Sirius is the first bright star you've got Canopus in the south right now which is Agastya the fifth brightest star Vega or Abhijit has been discussed in the December video Kepala is shining brightly right now the sixth brightest star towards the northwest Rigel as we've told you is part of Orion's knee forward knee is also shining brightly right now and that's the seventh brightest star Procyon is just behind Orion, shining brightly at position number 8. Akarnar, Vaitarni Mukha, that we've discussed in the previous videos, is not visible this month as it has set over the western horizon. But Akarnar is the ninth brightest star in the night sky. So you've seen it already. Betelgeuse, the tenth brightest star, is right now shining above your head. Then you've got uh, Altair, which is Shravana Nakshatra. We've discussed this in the month of December and it is the 12th brightest star. And then you've got Aldebaran Rohini, which is the 14th brightest star right now shining from northwest in the constellation Taurus. Uh, the next few stars have not been discussed because they are yet to rise from the eastern horizon in the coming months. And then we'll come to the 17th brightest star, Pollux. Pollux is shining brightly right now, just above Procyon towards the northern side. If you look towards the north from Procyon, just look above your head right now, you'll notice Procyon shining brightly. And towards the north from this Procyon, you'll see two stars shining brightly. This is the constellation of Gemini and these are the twin brothers Castor or Pollux. In India, in the Nakshatra system or the Rashi system, we'll call these two stars together as Punarvasu or sometimes Punarvasu Prathama and Punarvasu Dhritiya. But there are other names given to it like Lava and Kusha to these two stars of which the star towards the south, I mean among these two stars, the star towards Procyon is Pollux, the, the 17th brightest star in the night sky. Right next to Pollux, you've got Castor, so Lava and Kusha together in the night sky and you can actually make out the body of these Castor and Pollux in the Gemini constellation. Just look between Castor and Pollux and Betelgeuse. You'll find a few stars forming stick figures in the night sky. Castor is 51 light years away from us and Pollux is closer at 33 light years away from us. So these two stars form the head of the constellation of Gemini. So we've discussed Aries, Taurus, Gemini and uh, Cancer. I told you it's very faint, hard to discuss. Leo is going to come up in the next month. So moving on to further bright stars. After Pollux, we've got Formalhot. Formalhot has been discussed earlier in the month of January as Meenakshi Nakshatra from Pisces Austrinus. In fact, Deneb. Deneb we've discussed in the month of December, part of the summer triangle along with Vega and Altair. Deneb is one of the biggest stars that we know and it's located far, far, far away. We'll come back to that later. Then you've got Regulus from Leo coming up next month. You've got Castor and so on. So a lot of these brightest stars in fact, of the 25 bright stars, 14 of them can be spotted in the month of March. So that's the speciality of March. A lot of bright stars. What are these bright stars? You can see some of them are red in color. Some of them are blue in color. You can see Betelgeuse shining bright red right now. Uh, Aldebaran, don't mistake it for Mars right now, which is close to it. But Aldebaran is also shining uh, orangish red right now. Sirius is a white star. Sometimes uh, you may see a hue of blue in there. Uh, Canopus is again a whitish blue star. Rigel is a blue giant. So what are these colors? What do they signify? The colors of these stars mostly tell us about their temperature. But the lifetime of these stars are very interesting. 
If you remember the video from February, in Orion, the sword of Orion contained three stars, of which the middle star that we have spoken about was the Orion Nebula. What's this nebula? In fact, it has got to do with the lifetime of stars because these nebula are clouds of dust and gas in space. Spread across light years, enough to swallow whole solar systems together. Our solar system itself is about one light year across and uh, some of these nebulas are 11, 20, 30 light years across. So these are large areas in space filled with dust and gas. And often these clouds of dust and gas come close together because of gravitation and sometimes assisted by some nearby shock wave, these gas molecules come close to each other and the gravity starts working from there and they form clumps. As they form clumps, the mass or the density becomes higher and higher and soon enough, you've got a very dense region of molecular gas and dust in this uh, part of space which, are, which is basically heating up because they are all coming so close together, heat is generated and the temperature goes up. Once the temperature goes up, at certain point, the temperature is enough to cause nuclear fusion among the hydrogen in this gas molecules. Hydrogen, when it, when it is hot enough, it fuses or two hydrogen atoms come together, combine with each other and form a helium atom. And this process goes on because there's a lot of hydrogen in these molecules. They all will slowly convert into helium and this process is nuclear fusion. And in this process, when two hydrogens combine to form, form a helium nuclei, a little bit of this mass is left out or not accounted for, which is basically what E is equal to mc square says. And this comes out in the form of energy. So the light from the sun that you see, the heat from the sun that you see, basically all the electromagnetic spectrum that you see from the sun or any of these stars is the result of this nuclear fusion. Once the star fuses hydrogen into helium, slowly it is in, it, it's just born and it's in the very uh, young stage and we call this the proto-star stage. Moving further, the star becomes a main sequence star like our sun right now in the mid-aged. Our sun is supposed to live for 10 million years and it's already 5 billion years old. So it's halfway there. So most of these stars live for a, a few few millions of years. Some, some of these small stars live for a few billions of years. And the giant stars like Rigel, uh, basically they heat up their hydrogen so fast and they just die soon. So in the span of million years, this star turns from a protostar into a main sequence star. During this time, based on the size, the composition and the temperature of these stars, we can see them as the various bright colors in the night sky. Not talking about twinkling over here, but the natural color of the stars that you see when you don't see them twinkling. Like Betelgeuse right now is shining bright red from above your head. Then what happens to these stars? Once the star has reached the stage where hydrogen fuses into helium and helium further fuses into lithium, beryllium, neon, carbon, and so on, when it reaches the stage of carbon, it does not have enough energy sometimes. Depending on the size of the star and this initial state, some stars cannot sustain this nuclear fusion further from carbon. And during this time, its size becomes large and large and large, and we call it a red giant. Red giant is towards the old age of the star. Our sun is supposed to be a red giant. And just to give you an imagination, uh, our sun right now, if it becomes a red giant, then its, uh, uh, its outer surface will reach up to the orbit of Mars. So once the star has reached the stage of red giant, it cannot further fuse these elements and the outer layers simply dissipate into space, forming further molecular clouds for more stars to be born from.
what happens to the inner core in the inner core of the stars you've got uh, this nuclei that is trying to fuse hard but it doesn't have enough energy so it doesn't fuse further and forms something called a white dwarf white dwarfs are not really visible in the night sky but some of these stars will turn up into a white dwarf and then further on into their life they may uh, turn into a brown dwarf and then just go out of existence but some giant stars like rigel if they are really huge enough if the star's mass is greater than 1.44 times our own sun's mass we call it 1.44 times solar mass the chandrashekhar limit if the star's mass is greater than the chandrashekhar limit then the star will not turn into a red giant but instead it will explode this exploding star will again create a molecular gas cloud for new stars to be born from but this time instead of a white dwarf at the center the star leaves in a neutron star but if the mass of the star is really really large like more than 8 times the mass of our sun then this explosion is going to be so huge that at the center of this you don't have a neutron star but a more denser object called a black hole so i'll not go into much detail about these stars just to tell you that all the bright stars that you see right now this this month because there are not many stars towards the east let's know a little more about the stars that we've discussed already the stars that we have told already capella betelgeuse rigel canopus these bright stars will someday turn out to be one of these states that i've just told you they may turn into a red giant a supernova or a black hole in fact you can look at a few of these supernova nebula or we call it, we call them supernova remnants which turn into nebula or gas clouds which will further give birth to stars right now if you notice towards the west you'll see the a shaped taurus's face aldebaran is shining brightly from the hades cluster and it's very easy to spot just in front of orion you'll see the a shaped face of taurus and you extend this a shape the edge of these a this a arms and it will extend further into two more stars towards capella towards the northeast slowly and just at the edge of auriga you have one of these stars and just towards the southeast you have another stars and between these two stars if you point your telescope you may look at a gray patch of in the night sky this gray patch is actually a supernova remnant first noticed in the year 1054 by the chinese we call it sn1054 or the crab nebula the crab nebula is a supernova remnant and today we know that there's a neutron star uh, rotating or pulsating very fast in the center or at the core of this nebula and it's about 11 light years across so you can fit about 11 solar systems in there and it's so huge and so hidden away in the night sky but this happened because a star died and its mass was greater than the chandrashekhar limit now that i've mentioned this crab nebula i told you we've started from the orion nebula which is the birthplace of these stars the orion nebula is places place where we find protostars right now and we've just discussed a nebula that is a result of a death of a star like the crab nebula you can find many of these uh, nebula in the night sky and there was an astronomer this was charles messier who who just like halley wanted to find comets he was a comet hunter and each night he set out with his 4 inch telescope to find these comets in the night sky and every single night as he found these hazy patches in the night sky which he thought were comets he realized that every single night they appeared at the same spot if they're not moving they're not comets and he didn't want to waste further time on this so out of frustration 
of finding these objects again and again, he made a list of these objects which kept updating during his time and today we have a list of 110 objects called the Messier objects or the Messier catalog which contains these Messier objects. The Pleiades cluster is a Messier object designated the number 45. We call it M45. Further in the Orion constellation we have got the Orion nebula which is M42. I have told you uh, if you look at Cancer you will find a small fuzzy patch in there and this is the beehive cluster which is M44. You can find many of these objects which Messier uh, catalogued and today we call them the Messier objects. In fact, March is an interesting month for amateur astronomers as around the world amateur astronomers hold Messier marathons all around the world as during this time uh, in the month of March and April in one given night or just after sunset to sunrise you can spot all the Messier objects. Right now around 8 p.m. I just told you there's Pleiades, there's Orion Nebula, there's Beehive Cluster and you'll find the Horsehead Nebula and so many other nebulas in the night sky and as the night progresses you'll find more stars coming in from the east and some of these will be nebulas and you can locate them all. So head out there, spend a night under the sky and maybe try to find all of these nebula in the night sky for this month. Coming back to the sky this month, you'll notice that the patch we've discussed last time from the southeast towards the northwest, just next to Canopus passing through Sirius and then uh, Procyon, Betelgeuse and Auriga towards Cassiopeia, you'll find a hazy white patch in the night sky and this is our Milky Way galaxy. In fact, we've discussed Andromeda galaxy previously and Andromeda galaxy is Messier object number 31. So M31 along with M44, 42, 43, many of these are visible for this month. So try to catch them all. So this was our video on this month's night sky. We don't have enough stars in the east, new stars in the east to introduce you to. And some of these constellations are just rising above the horizon. So Leo will be right high up in the night sky next month. So we can introduce the lion to you next month. We've also got the Saptrishi Mandala or the Ursa major constellation, the ladle coming out from the northeast slowly, not yet complete probably. So maybe in the coming months as these constellations rise up in the sky, we can introduce them to you and for this month you'll have to make do with these bright stars with this in this guide and if you want to head out there spend a night under the stars and spot all the messier objects and hold a messier marathon for yourself do let us know if you uh, hold a messier marathon how many of these messier objects have you located you can always drop a message on any one of the social media handles for pack it would be a great help if you subscribe to some of them, follow us on some of these handles. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube as well. And if you like this guide, please share it with your friends and other astronomy enthusiasts and help us grow and let us reach more and more people with these videos and these guides every month. Thank you.